0: Welcome to the episode of Adding Perspective with Josh. I'm Josh. I'm Coach Energy. I'm Aphrodite. All right this week we're going to talk a little bit about codependent relationships and um, how those relationships kind of get started. Um, so when we talk about codependent relationships, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is uh, one party doing a lot more for the other party. Um, than they, uh, I guess, technically should do. Um, and the other party is that it's kind of going with. Like they just, I, I guess it's the whole premise of being taken care of, per se. Um. And in those relationships, to me, when I think about those types of relationships, that has to be very um, tiresome to a certain degree to actually just kind of... Um, how do I put this? In um I guess take okay. care of another adult. You know, like it has, it has to kind of work. It, it, but that's the thing is, it, and this is it's a difference though. Because if a person is um like have like health conditions or something like that, that's more understandable. Like, I mean, I get that that part. That there's nothing wrong with that part. But if it's on the other side of the equation, where you have a totally capable a uh, person that has all their faculties and functions and they can just do what they need to do, but they just choose not to, then that's when you just really have to question certain things. Like, you have to really question certain points in your life and really have to consider, is this, is this for me? You know, like, is this is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, and then you also can have to consider, how did this start? Right? Like, how do we get it? So when we talk about like the whole how do we get here part, do you think that it starts off like the whole I guess the codependency portion of it starts off? Um, I yeah, I guess it starts I know it starts off in the beginning, but um I'm just trying to figure out how do how do we just keep going with it? You know, like how if you see it, like if you see it going that way, how do people keep going with that? Is it just because you might just love that person or just just comfortable the like how do people just continue to go with that if they know that the person may be codependent?
1: I agree, yeah, with the two things that you mentioned, loving that person and then being comfortable in that situation or being comfortable with that person or the lifestyle that the two of you have come to create between each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. But I'm just trying to figure out, going with something like that, uh, like I said earlier, you got to be tired to do that.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess there's, um, once you discover that you're in a situation like that, I'm assuming there's a lot of follow-up conversations, right? Like, you know, when does this change? How can we fix this type stuff, right? I'm pretty sure this conversation is different for women than it is for me. I need you to know that. It's probably different. Okay. <laughs> I think this conversation is very different. Because, well, how is it from a man? Um you have to address it at a particular angle. You know, like you can't sometimes you might not be able to go straight on with a with a conversation like that. Why? It because it may not turn out the way that you want it to turn out Okay, so Mm-mm. How would you address it? Like what would be the angle? Um well I would start off with time and place is everything, you know, to have a conversation about you know, a person may or may not be doing enough, you know, you gotta have a a good time and place for that type of conversation, right? Because mm-hmm. some people may not take that uh take that well, because depending on the format of the relationship they may think that they're doing everything they need to be doing. Like, they may think that everything's, like, perfect because of the fact that things are running so smoothly. But the reason why things are running so smoothly is because that other person is functioning at a very high level. (laughs) Like, they're functioning at a very high level, and they're tired. That's why (laughs) they're very tired, okay? So... I would say from, I guess, my standpoint, trying to have a conversation like that is to lay out all the facts. Like, fact. You go straight down the factual life, right? And just start really talking about some of the things that you have been seeing that um, are really piling up on your plate. Um, Because I think that... It, If a person can't really, I guess, pinpoint exactly what you're talking about, they're just going to be making up their own version of that story. So, one time and place, two, stick with the facts. Okay? Stick to the facts and all the time. That's how I would address it, right? Now, whether the conversation is going to go the way that I would hope it to go after that, (laughs) right? Hopefully. But but that's the difference though like I'm not sure from you guys standpoint how you address a, a, a conversation like that when you got a fully capable man man sitting on your couch and stuff like that and you doing let's just put it out 85% of some stuff around there and he doing about 15 at that point so how do you address that right you go walk up to the TV, cut the T V off. Hey, we need to talk. Like this snatch the remote. Like this. I
2: don't know if we can get the eighty
0: five. Turn off the call of duty? Who do? Just Who how how you
2: get how you get to eighty five?
0: That's a lot. It
2: is. You just fall into eighty five?
0: No, I mean you, are, <laughs> you know if a person is at eighty five. It crept up there over the years, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it probably started off at, you know, let's make it reason, 35, right? And then it just kept just kind of climbing over the years. And now we at 85, right? And then you scratch your ear like, okay, now something really, something really wrong now, okay?
2: I probably can not relate in like a relationship, marriage type of codependency, but as a friendship type of co-dependency, I can relate. Okay. Um, and it does creep up on you. You know, you like, oh, you know, this, this don't, this don't seem, <laughs> this don't seem balanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, it's not balanced. It's draining because the person is always pulling. Um, if you're a giver, then you automatically giving because that's just part of your nature, your character. Sometimes you're not realizing that you feed it into the codependency because a lot of times that's what happens. You don't understand that you feed into the codependency. So you probably don't went off or said some choice words and did some choice things that probably went so choice at the mall. So you don't realize it. You know, I can see... That's the way I can relate to it. Um, Yeah. And when you come to your senses, then, you know, it might not be codependency no more. Y'all probably not going to be friends, husband, wife, whatever. You know, yeah. depending on the situation. But, like to even for a person to even become codependent of people, like they have to have some type of low self-esteem, some low, something going on. So maybe some personal trauma, maybe some domestic, I don't know, domestic violence in their life from their past, it's some things. And sometimes with codependency, you don't realize even yourself, even though you might be the higher functioning person that you got from, that you got something that related to them but them to become codependent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, would you think that maybe, I think like you're saying, being a people pleaser pushes people to codependency? Like, if you're a people pleaser, and you like doing things for others, could that subsequently turn a person into a codependent person because they're used to a person doing you know, everything for them and stuff like that. Do you think that that could possibly happen? Are you getting married? Do you know someone that is? Are you wondering if you and your partner are ready to take that next step in your life and your relationship? Do you want to strengthen the foundation of your relationship moving into marriage? If you do, Day one, the premarital program is here to help you. So if you want to kind of learn those tips, those tools, those strategies to prepare yourself for that next chapter in your life, and your relationship, then give day one, the premarital program a try. So within this program, you are going to get those tips, those tools, those strategies. You're also going to get that guidance to help you prepare as much as possible for that next chapter. The thing about preparing for the next chapter is that there's no way to be 100% ready for the next step in your life, but you do want to be as prepared as possible before you get there. So that's where the day one premarital program comes into play. So if you're ready to prepare and, and start really growing towards that next chapter in your life, in your relationship, give day one the premarital program a try. Click the link below and get started today. That's the day one premarital program. And let's get started today.
2: I can see that happening. You know, I think it's a lot of factors that turns people into like all of a sudden being into a codependent situation, you know, um, it could be the attraction of your character and just who you are. You know, like you said, a people pleaser. So it could just be that that attracted them. And they became very dependent on that because they need whatever you got that you're, you know, pursuing, that you um distributing out. And because you are who you are, if you're a people pleaser, you might even recognize that that's all the only thing that they depend upon is you you pleasing them. You know, you see it as you just being yourself. They see it as I'm getting what I want, and I'm gonna be dependent upon them to keep doing what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Energy, what you say?
1: You didn't even have to say my name. As soon as your head is like this. I, I, I
0: see your eyes. <laughs> I see it's like you go, you go lock in. <laughs>
1: Stone soon as his head like this, I already know. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> oh, it is. You better,
0: you, better jump, you better jump in now.
1: Right. So I agree. Um, yeah. Over time, um, if someone is with a people pleaser, then yeah, it can create this sense of, okay, well, this is what I can start expecting. And so they start depending on it. So yeah, I agree with everything that Aphrodite was saying as well. And to answer your question, yep, it can create yeah. it.
0: But how do how do how would you address that though, right? So if you hypothetically were in a situation where this person was at eighty five, um, I know everybody do not like the eighty five, but at the eighty five, right?
2: Because <laughs> by that time they over the top, like that's too
0: much. <laughs> how would you address it? Like, they wouldn't even
1: get eighty five for energy. True. <laughs> Wait, so if I'm giving the 85 or the person I'm with is giving the 85? The no, person.
0: Talking, yeah, the person, yeah.
1: Like you you I, they give in 15 and you give an 85. Oh. Is that how you were just describing it, Josh? Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um so yes. So I've been in that situation. Uh <sighs> hate to say it, but yeah, I've been in that situation, so I can speak from personal experience. For me i love helping i love seeing someone not just kind of wade in the water on their potential but i like to help people achieve what the potential could be that that's kind of there we see it you know kind of far out in the water i'm like come on let's let's figure it out let's do it um to the point to where i've helped people start their business i've helped and and have Kind of for you know push mine to the side in order to get there started, or there was another situation where their business was kind of running, being run down, and I helped them kind of re um, rejuvenate it and to k- pick it back up again at the sacrifice or detriment of me pushing my business to the side. Um, it's something that I did have to work on. It's something that I had to say, okay, what is it about me? that I'm willing to stop everything that I have going on in order to help my significant other with what they have going on. And so I had to learn the balance of it. I had to learn how not to let it be so um, so different in, in the scales and in the weight of where it's now, when I do go into relationships, it's more evenly balanced as opposed to it being more one-sided. Um, at the time I didn't realize that it was partial and enablement. Um, also just, it wasn't mutually beneficial. Um, so back then, having been in that relationship or that type of situation, I, I was that person and it burned me out. Yeah. It, uh, was definitely draining and I had to rebuild, especially once the relationship ended, I had to kind of rebuild my clientele, rebuild that momentum that I initially had going on. And I was like, okay, I can't keep doing this. Um, for me, it was, I realized it after I did my own self-work, my own personal development work, my own coaching and all of that, I realized that it was a sense of wanting to be needed. Mm. And so that's where, for me, that's why self-awareness is so important. If we are aware of ourselves, we're aware of why we do the things that we do, why we, why we have certain behaviors within relationships, then that allows us to be open, be mindful, and then we can start putting some practices in, into place to where it becomes healthy for both sides. So once I've gone through, once I went through that journey of working on myself and understanding the sense of why I felt I needed to be needed, Now I know, okay, that that's not how I have to be in a relationship in order to, um, be happy or in order to keep someone around. I don't have to just keep, you know, running my physical body into the ground because I want to make sure that this is done for them first thing in the morning. I'm taking all the calls or I'm, I'm um, pushing out the invoices for them, or I'm even in, the, in the, the vehicle, the work vehicle, going to the job sites and helping them uh, physically climb the ladder and do physical work as well. And I was like, I don't have to do this. So um, re- relearning who I am is what helped me to get out of that unhealthy type of balance. And to who, you know, why I am who I am today, uh, which is just someone who's still very giving, very loving, very nurturing. Um, but it's it's mutually beneficial now, so.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So when you were talking about that, especially initially, was it hard to say, like, out loud? Like, was it hard to say? Because you was like, Err! like, was it hard to say, like, initially? <laughs> like
1: Hard to say no, because most people learn from, Another person being able to speak from experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, My whole life is just examples. (laughs) You know, like in order for me to help somebody else, that's why I feel I've gone through a lot of the things that I've gone through in order to help other people. So um, for me, that uh, was like, okay, where do I start? How do I, you know,
0: (laughs) how do you articulate it or whatever? Within
1: time constraints and not, you know, giving us long soliloquy. Uh so that was what that
0: was. But I don't mind okay, talking about I was, it. I just want to make sure now, okay, like cause, um your version of it sounds uh very similar to a small situation that um I went through back in my uh days back there, back then and stuff like that. Uh where um I had a relationship like that too. I did. Um, and um I felt like at that point in my life, I felt like I, um, I wouldn't say I created the codependency per se, but I I did create, you know, like I did. Like I did and I didn't, if that makes sense, okay? It makes sense to me. But, uh, (laughs) but uh, I would say I I accepted Certain things that, in hindsight, I shouldn't have accepted. Which means that I saw the signs that a person may be a certain way, but I overrode that thought, right? And it turned into that. Mm. Yeah, that, and that's kind of in my version what ended up happening. Because a lot of times, in the forefront, when you start like talking to a person. And just being around that person, or whatever, you kind of do see certain like little triggers, or little things that that person does that might end up being that way. But sometimes in your mind, you override it, like you override that, that part, and you try and you try to rationalize it and just call it something else, right? And then it ends up it into a situation where that person (laughs) yeah turn into that codependency thing but hmm best way i can tell people watch for the sign okay (laughs) especially initially watch the sign you have to just try to try not to i guess um allow yourself to um like start rationalizing um I guess others, other people's, like um, like the way that they move and the way that they do certain things. Just try not to really rationalize that, because again, at the end of the day, you have to know if this is something mm-hmm. that you're going to be comfortable with and that's something that you're going to accept. Because if you choose to accept certain things like that, it can turn into something else. <laughs> like that's the thing. Right. Most people don't look at the the end part of it. Like what it can turn into. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Life lesson. Life
1: lessons.
0: <laughs> <Shoot>. Life lessons. <laughs> um but I think that, that was kind of the, the the summary of it. Is is there like real ways of um I guess not really avoiding codependent relationships, but is there a way to um I guess, identify them before the current code defendant? Like, is that, is that like such a thing to do that?
2: I think it is. And one of the things we, I like about what Energy said is knowing yourself first, work. Right? So she understood who she was when she did her self work. And when you do your self work and you know who you are, you do recognize, you know, and you ain't in denial about things of who you are and how you operate, you do recognize the signs. You know, like even with me now and with friendships, relationships or whatever, whatever ship it is, I understand the role that I play, right? And I understand what I bring. I understand what I can take away. I get who I am. And so I can relate to energy, understanding who you are, because it's very important of knowing who you are in order to operate effectively and efficiently in the relationship that you're in. And that's why she she was able to, you know what I'm saying, her next relationship, she able to find that balance. Whatever that balance is, because she know what she brings, or she know what she gonna take away. You know, and even what you said about not ignoring the signals, like, don't ignore them. Because that's why we end up with the 85%. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's definite. Mm-hmm.
2: And we overload because we don't ignore the stuff or, you know, is stuff like this. So, no, it, it is ways you can
1: recognize it before you see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, point.
1: Yeah. Yep. I would also say to add 100%, it starts with the individual person. And, and with that, I will add knowing, learning and knowing what a healthy relationship looks like and feels like Mm -hmm. and sounds like. So therefore, when you are in a relationship and you start to see where the tides are kind of turning, you can immediately say, no, that that's, you know, that's not right. Or, you know, there's something off with this. Let me go ahead and address it now as opposed to waiting and waiting. And then Mm -hmm. over time, that's when that 35% starts creeping up to 85. Mm -hmm. But to, to know it, I mean, to, to be able to do something about it or to notice those, those signs, you have to know what a healthy relationship looks like. So therefore, when it starts turning in the opposite direction, then you can identify it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Those are both good points. And, uh, I think on know those two points is a good way to end this episode. Hey. And adding perspective with Josh.
1: I'm Josh. One thing I learned, I can't want it more than the other person. I'm Coach Energy. And I'm Aphrodite.
0: And we out. Are-